Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. And it's so fun to get together every week and learn something new. Maybe expand on what we already know, maybe learn a new subject, or maybe just get the insider tips that we need to take us to the next level in an area that we're concerned with. And today we're going to be talking about productivity strategies with our guest, Kathy Sexton. During this hour, you will come to discover what productivity is, what it's not, and why it often gets confused. You'll learn the three most common myths and misconceptions about productivity and why understanding them can help you establish habits of success. You'll learn the types of people who are much more prone to productivity issues and how to spot them before you hire them or train them to be more productive if they're already on your team. You'll also understand how to identify your own natural productivity style to maximize your personal effectiveness and the seven reasons productivity is important enough to invest into. Right now I'd like to introduce you to our guest today, Kathy Sexton is a productivity expert. She's an author, speaker, radio host, and power habits coach. She ignites your productivity and accelerates results by leveraging your natural productivity style. And her website is theproductivityexperts.com. Welcome to you, Kathy. Well, thank you for having me, Marnie. Well, I'm so excited about this. This is one of my favorite subjects, favorite, favorite. <laughs> I, I talk a lot. When I, when I work with groups, I talk a lot about focus, about um, using time wisely, and productivity is just its own thing. And if you don't understand it and if you don't maximize it, you really are just leaving so much on the table. And so I'm excited to talk about this today. And maybe, Kathy, you know, I know that your background includes <clears throat> that you were an, a workaholic. You were really stressed out. And how did that begin to change for you? Maybe just real briefly tell us how you came to be a productivity expert. Well, it's exactly what you just said. Um, my life, you know, started spiraling, basically. I was a very dedicated employee. I, you know, always wanted to do the best work. And, you know, I think um, women tend to, you know, always feel like they have to do more. And I was just down, going down that road. I really get involved in what I do. And I just really started having, you know, long story short, very, you know, health issues, got diagnosed with a life threatening disease that was triggered mm. and induced by stress and knew wow. I had to change. So that's why I'm really so passionate about helping other people not go down that road. And when somebody comes to you, what is what do you say? What's the first step? Like what's the first baby step toward getting out from under workaholism or stress and moving toward a productive and a peace filled life? Well, I think it's awareness and understanding. So really understanding yourself, understanding who you are. So I will have people take assessments um, at the very beginning, even if they're, you know, just even considering, you know, working with me or trying to find a better way, um, just so that they can be – you can't change what you don't know. And so yeah. if you're not 
be aware where the issues are, where the problems are, or that you're not really working authentically or being yourself, then um, it can, you know, that causes problems. It's always the place we have to start, isn't it? I, I just did a boot camp with speakers yesterday from womenspeakers.com, and that's the place we have to start a course is that what, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Who are you? What is it that you're really going to resonate with? And when we don't start there, then we have a hard time to go forward at all. Why don't we start this program off by talking about what productivity is and maybe some of the misconceptions about it, what it's not. Go ahead and just talk to us about that. Okay, so let's talk about what it's not, and I think that's kind of the easier thing. So productivity is not all about time management. You know, I think that gets it's very interesting when people will contact me and say, "Oh, I need we you know we need some time management help," and when I really start talking to them, um, there are a lot of other issues that are involved. You know, it can be email or goal setting. There's just so many things that affect our productivity um, that it's so it's not about time management. It's not about getting a lot done. I mean, yes, we want to get more done. We want to, but it's really about trying to find out, um, you know, to do the right things versus just doing things right. You know, we want to do things right, but are we doing the right things? Are we spending our time focused on the things and the areas we need to be? You know, pro, I, I have a little quote that I say, productivity isn't everything in life, but it is affected by everything, or it affects everything. Mm. And productivity mm. is a measurement of the efficiency and the ROI, your return on investment, of your time, money, money and energy. And so that, you know, what we do with that time, with our time or money and our energy is really what then becomes the outcome, you know. And so when we were really being efficient, that return on investment of those three things is what productivity really is. So the return on investment is, what is it again, the three things? So it's um, a measurement of the efficiency of your time, money, and energy. Okay. Time, money, and, and energy. Like yeah, and I feel like there are only five things we can tr control, and those are three of them. We can control our time, <laughs> what we do with yeah. it, what, you know, how we use it. We can tr control our money, how we spend it, how we earn it, you know, what we do with it. We can control our energy. You know, do we, hmm. you know, get more energy, how we use our energy. We have control over those. And then the other two things hmm. are our attitude and our behaviors. You know, how do we react to things? But those are the only things in life we really have control over. Yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. So when people come to, come to productivity, what are three of the most common myths or misconceptions about it? And what does it matter? Well, I, I love it when people say, oh, well, I'm just born, you know, I was born this way. I was born to be disorganized. I never can do it. You know, they just accept that as a fact. And huh. organization, being more productive, yes, it might be some of us who might be, you know, between the right brain, left brain, all that kind of stuff. Yes, some of us might get me more geared to being more organized or being more, you know, process-oriented, but it's a skill that everybody can learn. 
So I think that's the biggest misconception is, oh, that they can't learn that or they can't instill it. The key there is do you really want to? Do you really want to make the change? And, you know, change is huge, you know, with with everybody. And, um, you know, change is really a good thing. You know, we really need to welcome it and embrace it because it's going to happen. You know, that's day to day our lives change, and we don't have control over that. So it's really about, you know, let's – the fear of the unknown, and that's why people want to tend to not want to um, change. They don't want to go down that road. But change in itself is not a choice. Change will happen with or without you and without, with or without your per- permission or your participation. Right. So we can either opt in or opt out. So really it's about are you willing to, you know, look at that? Are you willing to say, hey, yes, I can do things differently and I can be more effective? And then it's about, you know, because I said earlier it's not about time management, you know, one of the myths is that I don't have time. I don't, I was just at a seminar this morning and, um, you know, one of the people, that's exactly what she said is, I don't have enough time to get organized. I don't have enough time to do this stuff. But in the long run, if it's important to you, you will make the time and you can find the time because you will gain so much more. You will, you know, multiply that time that you spend doing that. It comes back multiples. And then I, love, I would say the. I the you, yeah. Go ahead. I was thinking about that when somebody says there isn't time, and I've had people say that to me. I don't have time to um, take your time management course. I love that because it's like, wait a second, you're the person who absolutely needs to take it because right. it's very difficult. <laughs> it's a, it's like I don't have money. I can't spend money. You know, it's the same type of thing. You you have to invest into where you are weak if you hope to get strong. You can't just keep saying, oh, I'll just get better at it somehow. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Right, right. And it and self improvement needs to be, you know, part of your, you know, what you want. You know, you you yeah. want something different than what you have, you know, now and the only way you can do that is by taking the time and the effort and the energy. And then right. I think another myth is that the people that feel like they don't have to plan or they don't have to do a to do list. You know, I know what I need to do and I just do it. And, yes, that works for some people, but the majority of us, it doesn't work effectively. So if you haven't determined what's really important for you, how can you make sure those important things get done? Because what happens is other people's urgency becomes ours when we haven't taken the time to really think about what's really important for me today, what do I need to accomplish I love that. And I always say, you know, my list is when it's in my head, I have a million things to do. And when I write it down, I have 122. And but honestly, when it's spinning around in my head, it's completely unmanageable. I, it just hits, it just keeps clobbering me, all these things I have to do. But when I write them down, then I have the opportunity to actually sort them, prioritize them, give an ETA, like an estimated time of attainment, how long is that actually going to take me to do? And it gives me so much control over 
like you said, instead of just being clobbered by everybody else's emergencies, you understand, you know, I've got some emergencies of my own here. <laughs> or you say, you know, I really can just, you know, come and, come and really assist there. And you really get to choose at that point instead of just being carried down the wave of the day, you know. And right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and what, I'll say, what I say is you can't organize and you can't prioritize those things in your head. So you have to get them out of your head. I have to write them down. Able to do that. I have to write them down. It's interesting. One of the biggest stress relievers that, you know, I when I work with my clients that I found that helps so much is what I call doing a brain dump. And, um, you know, just get everything that's on your head, you know, on your mind down on a piece of paper. And like you said, then you take that. And you can pull the things that need to be done, figure out when they need to be done, how long is it going to take, you know, all those things. But just the release of getting that off your mind and into a piece of paper is amazing at what it can do for you. Hmm. Yeah, I I have to. In fact, I use an Excel ch- chart is what I do, um, and I do the columns on there, and I'm able to sort that then by how many minutes it's going to take or by what priority level or by the due date or by the percentage done or, you know, whatever. I can sort uh, right. large quantities of work and sort them out. I even sort by, you know, does that have to do with the restaurant or does that have to do with the radio show or does that have to do with the, you know, retail store or whatever. So, um it helps me to really get a handle on all the people that are expecting things of me and the projects that I have of my own, as well as making sure that I can be available um, in the middle of it. What do you, um, before we go on to the types of people, what do you use personally as far as like a time management or a project management system for yourself, Kathy? Well, I use I use my Outlook task, and I use them very, um, you know, specifically. I, you know, I just don't put task in there. I really have an order in the way that I, I implement. Like, I'll put a verb in front of my task name, so like call or prepare or some, you know, what I need to do. So kind of like you're saying with your list – your Excel list, then I can sort that. I can sort that by the title. I can, and then I apply categories to it. So then I can, you know, sort it by, you know, what do I need to do or who do, who does it affect, um, by the date, the subject, all those different things. So I found, you know, um, Outlook has really become, you know, the way that I handle that. I used to, you know, do a lot of hand lists, but, um, I, I finally gave into the electronic world and it took me a while yeah. but I, I I did it yeah and I still do I still do it on a I have a, a spiral notebook and it's right in front of me right now so that I can jot notes and I do mm-hmm. keep a spiral notebook and that's really helpful um, to me still and then a lot of times I'll just transfer those things that didn't get done right in the moment to to the Excel list later. Cool and there's so many different ways that you can do this the main thing for people is to just know that that it is important to do. It's one of the one of the key steps of kind of getting out from under the stress that just keeps on barraging us all the time with all the things to do. Kathy, let's move a little bit in a different direction now and talk about the types of people who are more prone to productivity issues. And I thought this was really interesting because 
of course we all know that we all have different strengths and weaknesses. But as a person who hires people, I mean, we're frequently hiring people to work at our store or our restaurant or online with us, um, this is something that might be helpful to know in advance um, who is going to have productivity issues. And then for the people that we already have on staff who kind of struggle with this, I'm so curious to hear, you know, how, how understanding them a little bit better could help me, and I'm sure that our listeners are, are eager to hear this too. Well, um, one of the, e- the easiest ways, um, because what happens when we hire people, we fall in love with the person. So, oh, you know, we got along with them. They answered all of our questions the right way. I love this personality. But have we really looked at their personality and looked at the way they're going to work? So um, I think through assessments are, are a huge thing that can help people um, with, make, you know, hiring. Because they can look at, because some of us are process people, and depending on the job, so, you know, like you're, like you're saying, in the restaurant or the retail, those people need to be engaging, they need to like people, you know, and there are a lot of people who don't like people <laughs> that way, you know, right, end up being right. out there. But, um, so I think that's one of the easiest, um, is to not fall in love with somebody until you've done an assessment and make sure their assessment matches up with your job, the, you know, the, the job description, the job responsibilities. I, I think then that can take some of that um, that personal thing out of it, but it, uh, it helps you at least to narrow the right people. I have a couple of my clients that, so there are a couple, I used to use the Colby um, a long time ago when I had staff, but now since I use the DISC a lot, um, I have my clients, they'll say, okay, I'm getting ready to hire, you know, can we do a DISC for the, you know, the three people so that they can make sure they find that right person. But when, you know, beyond, um, assessments, I think it's, you know, really understanding the people and how they they look at about change and and asking some of the right questions. You know, are they really about self-improvement and are they really um, dedicated? Where, Where are their plans for the next five years? Because if they don't really have any plans, they're probably not going to plan anything for you either. You know, I mean, it's people who set goals that work towards goals. And when people don't set goals, they just kind of go with life. And if that's the situation and the type of people you need, then you'll know that too. So I I think, you know, hiring them and then, you know, having the right – so it's about having the right people on the right bus, number one. So once you get the right people on the right bus, are they in the right seats? You know, what type of work, you know, is it going to match their style? And they say 70% of the the statistics that I've read recently, 70% of the workforce is unengaged. 20% have already mentally quit. You know, and so 10% are fully engaged. So, you know, it's (laughs) about... Sparking them and 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 setting some expectations, I think, and and helping them be responsible for their actions. And a lot of times, they're not. Wow, that's a terrifying statistic. That only ten percent are really engaged. very scary. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I think I was just thinking when you said it, I think I might have, I must have an awesome group of people. I know I do. Um, our staff is so engaged and, and just so um, proactive. Very, very interesting. Some of the things there. that you do on a management style are above ordinary, you know, yeah. that we've talked about before. So, you know, you really take great pride in those people who are working with you and you engage with them. And that's the biggest problem is here's your job, here's what I want you to do, and then there's no engagement. There's no, you know, if it's, um, you know, some people need to be recognized in front of people. Other people just need to pat it on the back and know that they're appreciated. You know, some people need the money, but we're all motivated by different things. And to really understand your people and how they're motivated can be that in itself can make a huge difference in the workforce. It's really interesting because we've had some um, trouble just using an analogy from right now in our retail store. We've been trying to prepare to do some changes, some aisle changes into some relays, which is where you take product from one section of the store and move around uh, either just in its section or even into a different section just to have things easier to find or uh, facelift or whatever. But we, we've been trying to get there for a couple months. And a couple weeks ago, we all started getting frustrated because we just couldn't quite get the plan done. And then this week we started. And oh my goodness, it's just like somebody just energized all of us. We're just so excited because we have been working toward this together and it's been, you know, kind of a challenge to get it organized and together. And now when we're actually able to kind of like a horse waiting behind the go, you know, the, the gate there, and then all of a sudden you can actually run. And it's so fulfilling. It's so fun to actually make progress toward a project. And so I just think about, um, we're going to talk in a second here about the actual types of people who are more prone to productivity and or issues rather. And, you know, then the other thing is what you can do with them, you know, once they're in the, like you say, in the bus or in the seats, you know, how can you help to motivate them further from where they are. But let's go ahead and talk about, you know, how do you uh, other than an assessment or even with an assessment, how do you identify the people who are really going to be kind of problematic? Is that like you can tell that they're not goal setters? This is, this is how you identify them? Well, a goal setter um, is basically I, I do that when, I, when I'm doing phone interviews with people because when I do phone interviews with people first, they, people are less um, – they're much more relaxed they'll say things that they won't say in front of someone. So I ask a lot of questions first, and I narrow a lot of my people down by after reviewing their resumes, and then, you know, I do phone interviews first. And, you know, and finding out what, you know, what's the next year? Do you have any goals for the next year? What's your personal goals for the next three years or five years? You know, oh, nothing. I, you know, really don't have anything. Well, you know, maybe they've not been motivated to think that way. But, um, you know, that's kind of on the goal setting. But it's really, um, I, I talk about natural productivity style. So in one of the assessments that I do do, um, that's what it identifies. So when you were talking about you you're trying to, you know, get this this plan implemented. My first thought went to me when you were saying that and you're telling the story. I thought, I bet you they have a lot of high I people in the disc <laughs> assessment and um, less either S's or C's. 
Okay, so and you need a combination when you're working in teams. So the high I people are, you know, they're energized by other people, by, you know, being involved in that kind of thing. Where high S, they have a process. They're they're all about processes and and doing things. You know, have to think about it and strategically do things. Where probably the way that frustration comes, or the high C's are the ones with all the details. Well, if you've got people that are high I's and are very low C's and S's, they're struggling with that. Okay, what do we do? How do we do it? Blah blah blah. But once they got the go, then they're energized. Right. And that's exactly <laughs> right. Thinking, I bet you if we did assessments, <laughs> you would find most of them, you know, are, and that's going to be in that case because they're dealing with people. So, right. you know, it's just, so, so in that instance, for that scenario, if you knew, okay, one or two people were higher in that high S's or higher C than the rest, let those people maybe complete the plan or, or create the plan on make because that's how they mind their mind thinks and that's how, and that's easy for them and then come back to the group and say okay what do you think but when you get a yeah. lot of people who are maybe lower in that area it's going to be a constant you know we're talking about and then we get off onto other subjects or or you know yeah but everybody's got their own opinion but if you allow the right people to start the implementation then you know then you can get the other people involved does that make well, why sense don't you just, it does why don't you just for the sake of somebody listening that's not familiar with disc or hasn't looked at it for a little while why don't you just give us a couple words that would be for each of the categories disc and just help us to kind of get our brain around like the disc four sets of people and of course these are very broad Okay, so the D stands for decisions, how people make decisions. So a very high D is going to, and you're going to know these customers, those that are demanding. They know what they want, this is what they want, and they want it now. You know, and you'll find a, little, a lot of managers that are that way. So they're very forceful, they're very determined, they know what they want, and they just want it done now, and they don't how, care how it happens, they just want it. And then on the low end of that, you've got the people who are going to go along with decisions they're going to listen to what other people say and maybe have some input maybe not have some input but they're really willing to go along and 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 be the followers and not the decision makers so and then on the I which is social so how is your interaction so a very highest uh, high I so I just this morning when I did my um, program for it was a lot of salespeople so they were a lot of highs eyes in there you know because they love people Right. They love to interact, and the and the I is more like that introvert extrovert thing. So, it was example. I said, well, when I go to a conference, because I'm more on the introvert side, when I go to a conference, at the end of the day, I just want to go back to my room and rest and regroup and and you know just chill, right? But there are those other people who, and it was the manager who is definitely was the highest eye, and, you know, I said, they want to go out to, they want to go to the bar and have a drink, or they want to take people out to dinner and, and socialize. But after I've been around 500 or 1,000 people all day, I just want to be by myself. And he said, you're right. He goes, I take, want to take people to dinner, and they go, oh, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to go to dinner and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, but if I don't take somebody to dinner, then, 
you know, I'll just go back to my room. I'd rather engage and have something, you know. And he said, yeah, it makes a difference for him. So some people get energized by that when they're high eye, and, and it takes people's energy when they're a low eye. And then the S is all around your pace and your environment. So people who are high S's are labeled that they won't change. But it's not that they don't change or they aren't willing to change. It's that they need to know why they're changing. And that's where a lot of people, well, in the workforce, happens because it just looks like they're not interested in changing or they're not willing. But as long as they know why and what is the benefits and not just because we're changing just to, to change. And then on the low end of a an S is those people who are, okay, here's the next shiny thing. We're off to that. We're, you know, really don't put a lot of systems and processes in place. Yeah. And then the I is the high I, I mean, I'm sorry, C. The high C is, is details. So you probably know those people who get lost in details. They're, sometimes they're so black and white there's never, ever any gray. And then all the way down to those people that, you know, really could, um, there may be a little, um, they're a little bit more um, rebellious or careless. They just, you know, they don't want to conform. Okay, so, non-conform. Um, yeah, and, and the key to the disc is that you have your natural style and then you have your adaptive style. So your natural style is who you are being authentically to you. You know, if you if the more you stay true to yourself, the less stress you'll have in your life. And the adaptive side is what we do when we think people are looking, or what we think we should do, or when we're under stress. And then, and that can vary greatly with what our natural style is. Awesome, that's really really helpful. Let's. Um, so the types of people who are much more prone to productivity issues would fall into mainly where here. Well, they would mainly fall into probably very um, low Cs. So they're those people who are more on the rebellious side. They're um, maybe a little bit more careless. So the people who are um, on the higher side of a C, they're more, or even middle C, they're more organized, they're orderly, they keep things neat. So when people, so, and that's fine for some people when them being a high I is more important than a C. So it really depends on what position they're in. Because, so if you think about, think about a football player and a a jockey, you know, those two jobs couldn't be intertwined with, you know, the same person. You know, it's just, you, or an accountant and a customer service person. Well, the accountant probably would hate to be talking to everybody all day, and the customer service person would get so bored at doing numbers or doing data entry on a regular basis. They just, and that's where burnout comes from, and that's where stress comes from in the workplace is when we're, because we can do anything for a period of time. We can, and it's not that we don't have the skill or the knowledge. We have all that. But if it's not true to who we are, it's not going to be natural, and so we're going against our grain. Right, right. 
So you talk a lot about natural productivity styles. And why don't we go there now and spend some time talking about how a person might be able to identify their own, um, what that would look like. Well, it's kind of, you know, what we were just talking about disc and and making sure that you understand you know you know do you like a lot of order do you like um to to have things really neat do you need a system and a process to get things done and then when you recognize that then when stress comes in it really affects then so for an example somebody that's on a high s and they are stressed, they kind of let their systems and processes fall out the door, or they might be a higher C and they get very disorganized. Well, then that just adds more stress to them. So when you're looking at, you know, when you're getting stressed out, look at the surroundings and, and why, what's, what's out of the ordinary? What is different than, how would you like that situation to be? And sometimes that can just identify for you. So for an example, we were talking, like I said this morning about this, and, you know, somebody said, well, yeah, I I just get so frustrated when, you know, I let things get out of control, and I, I would love to be more organized, and when I let it get too far, then it just, you know, stresses me out. So when you look at where your stress levels are, what does that mean? So when you can work authentically, the more you can do it, the more your adaptive and natural styles are close together, the less stress you'll have. So it's really about understanding who you are, what you enjoy doing, what comes natural. Um, you know, somebody, it's amazing that we have people that could just sit and type all day long or, or sit and do data entry. And then other people who love to be out talking to everybody all day long. You know, those, it's totally different type of things. So understanding, yes, I could do that. You know, I, I used to work in the restaurant business. Probably was it the best place for me? Probably not. I mean, I enjoyed it when I did it, but I didn't stay in it probably because it wasn't where I needed to really be because it didn't really um, work for me on a long-term basis. So it's really about, you know, where does the stress come from and and being when we talked at the very beginning, awareness, being more aware of how things are being, how you're reacting to things around you. Yeah, I love that. And just knowing your people and how to motivate them just makes such a big difference too. Let's talk about um, some of the reasons why productivity is very important. We're getting, um, just a second, Kathy, we're getting a lot of feedback here. Okay. Are you hearing that? No. No, did you change anything on your side? I just changed my um, my volume a little bit. Just now. Hmm, no, that one's done it. Okay. Um, I'll let you keep talking, and uh, maybe I'll try to dial back in and see if that can clear it up. So you go ahead and start down the seven reasons productivity is important enough to invest into. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, it's really about it's it's important because when we do, People think about being more productive, about getting more done, but it's really about getting more done, the things that right things that get done, and less effort. So it's really helps people 
to um, to really understand their style, understand what's important to them, because what's important to one person is not important to somebody else. And really back to what we talked about earlier, and that is knowing what we want to accomplish today, knowing our to-do list and what's really important so that we can get more of the right things done. So I think that's number one is getting more done that are the right things with less effort and less stress. And then another great reason for productivity and why it's so important is kind of my story around my health issues. Um, When we're productive and things are working for us, it reduces stress and frustration. Um, We have better clarity and focus around what we need to do, where we need to go. I always tell people when they're looking at a to-do list, you know, think about the next step. What's the next step that I need to do? We tend to create a to-do list that's all about results. So I need to you know, do a budget, I need to work on my website, I need to, you know, buy tires for my car. Those are all end results. But what's the next thing we have to do is not so overwhelming. So I think when we think about, you know, finding clarity and focus so that we know what are those most important things we need to get done today and what's the best, the next thing we need to do and what's the best way to do it. Um, another yeah, thing is is um, the more productive we are, the better we are at minimizing distractions. So, for example, kind of goes back to what I said earlier about um, you know other people's urgency becomes our urgencies. When we know what's important for us today, say I have three things; these are three things I need to get done. It's much more, we can stay much more focused and somebody walks in, it could be a phone call, it could be a verbal request, you know, all the different ways that come, things come into us, but we can then recognize and say, oh yeah, that's more important or no, this is more important. And so it allows us to be able to minimize those distractions because otherwise we let those distractions take over and control our day. Absolutely. You can you can just I, – I know for me, if I'm not very proactive, the whole day is gone, and I haven't right. done anything. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, you get up in the morning, and when you know – you know, say you're going to take a seminar, you're going to go do something. Okay, the night before, you think, okay, i got to be there, and then you kind of plan out. But a lot of times, we get out of bed, our feet hit the floor, we just go through motions, and we show up. And then whatever happens, happens. And when we're much more diligent about it, we can get so much more accomplished that are re- that's really important. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, and then I think um, more time to do, it allows us, it gives us more time to do what we really love to do. You know, we're in uh, the business we're in, generally majority of us, I, I, I think more than 50% of the people enjoy what they really do. And so being productive at what you do gives you more of a satisfaction so you are able to enjoy what you do more. 
Um, when you aren't productive, that's when the stress pro- pops in and you really aren't enjoying what you're doing. And when you're doing what you love, then, you know, you can have more time to be able to do with family and friends. You just feel better when you're being productive and you're being getting the things done that you need to get done. Yeah. And I, I think the next one kind of goes along with that is just the freedom um, to enjoy your work and we can make more money and accomplish more when we stay focused and we're clear on what we need to get done in our productivity. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And did you have a couple more there? Uh, well, you might have missed, you know, we had talked about um, just more done with less effort and then reducing those health risks and, and issues. Okay. Great. Great. Well, we have a few more minutes left here, Kathy, and that was the end of what we had planned. So I wonder now if you have a fun strategy for productivity or thinking about this that you'd want to share. Okay. Well, so here are just um, some things that, that that people can think about. So one of the biggest, I think, things that hold us back is a lot of times, and especially for women, is um, perfectionist, being, trying to be a perfectionist and feeling like we have to be all to, you know, do all and be all. And knowing when good is good enough. And I'm not saying it's, I'm not talking about slacking or not giving our all, but we sometimes feel like, and there you know, in some, and there's probably an area in all of our lives that we're a little bit of that perfectionist type person. But if we really think about it, um, if we just, if we aim for good and we're aiming for, you know, doing a well done job, then that's the whole important part of it. You know, but when we try and say, you know, this got to be perfect, we spend so much energy and time trying to make it perfect, and it's never going to be perfect. So I kind of tell people to wave that magic wand and say, okay, I'm no longer a perfectionist, and become a master what they do. Because a master is does their very best every single day, but their best changes every single day. Because there's a different environment. There's, they feel different. They're, you know, different things happen. So just always doing how we, you know, just always do your best instead of trying to be a perfectionist because you can't be perfect. There's always better, more to do, can do it a little bit better. It's, you know, and it's, perfection is in the eyes of the beholder. So if you're really bad, you're never, it's never going to be perfect. Um, being a little bit more realistic, you know, there's only 16 hours. There's 24 hours in a day, but only 16 hours in our day during which you can be doing something other than sleeping if you're getting a normal amount of sleep. So if you overestimate how much you can realistically accomplish, you'll end up feeling inadequate, um, being overcompensated by trying to do even more. And a lot of times, you know, when we have those big, long to-do lists, that's why I tell people to make a master list and then take that master list and say, okay, what do I need to get done this week? And then what are those three to five things I need to get done today? Instead of looking at this great, big, long list. Because we overbook ourselves. We don't allow for interruptions, which we all know we have, tons of them. They say we get 50 to 60 a day. It's one every seven to eight minutes. 
And when you're in um, an environment like with a restaurant or retail, I mean, that is your life is interruptions right. with customers <laughs> right. and, and not to look at it that way. But, you know, be realistic with what you can get done on top of that. Um, managing expectations. If, you know, others are accustomed to you, you know, being that miracle worker or answering your email immediately or all those things, we kind of put that out there so we teach what we allow. So if we allow people to, you know, to think that we are Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful and that we can do it all, you know, we just need to kind of bring that back down and realize that we're all individuals and none of us are perfect, you know. And it really is just managing those expectations and and um, be happy with what we're doing in life. And if you're not happy, then I say go do something different because um, life's too short. Life is just way too short. Um, it, it can it, – it's just – it's sad that, you know, if we ever – you know, some people leave this world and never really find, you know, real joy. Um, and then – if you're a workaholic like me, address those issues. You know, um, it's often, you know, um, if you're avoiding going home, it could be, that could be a reason. You know, my thing was always just trying to be, you know, always felt like I had to do more, always had to prove myself. And, you know, I've learned that and worked through that. Um, but, you know, looking at, you know, where is what's really important between that work-life balance and making sure that there is no real balance there, but we just need to keep it in check, I think. And then yeah. living your values. Um, if you aren't living your values, and then you're living someone else's life. So knowing what's important to you, knowing what those characteristics that you believe in, that you feel like, you know, like mine or family and trust and, um, you know, being responsible. So some of those things. And so I can make decisions based on what my core values are. So you can get a lot done and not go down the wrong road when you know what your true values are and you can weigh, okay, does this, if I go this way, is it really reflecting my values? Or if I take this decision, is that reflecting my values? Yeah, love that. A couple of things kind of bubbled to the surface when you were talking. I was uh -huh. thinking about the interruptions one um, combined with the expectations. And when we bought our retail store, <clears throat> it was interesting because uh, you were constantly, of course, like you said, being interrupted. So mm -hmm. you're trying to do a project, but people would come to the till and you had to, you know, run over and take care of them. And so one day I thought just for fun I would just time it. And it was never longer than three minutes between the time when I was checking someone out and had to come back again and check someone out. And it was just helpful to all of us to recognize, okay, that's how it really is. It, you're never right. going to have more than three minutes. You don't have to say, these aren't customers are so irritating. You have to say, <laughs> you have to say, what portion of this can I do in 90 seconds? Which is a really strange place to have to be mentally. Well, yeah, and and I think that even for people who aren't in that kind of situation where you're, yes, you're being interrupted, you know, double, twice as much as what a normal, you know, maybe person that works in the office is, but breaking those projects down into the littlest, smallest pieces 
Because then when we put them on the to-do list, it's just that one small piece. Or like you say, okay, what can I do in this short period of time? Because then I, it, it feels like you're still accomplishing things versus saying, okay, well, I got this big project to do, and you have all these steps in it, but you're looking at the end result and not looking at the steps. Right. This really has made a huge difference for me being able to, you know, you first get that down on a list, so everything's on a list. You can see it there. And then after that, you go ahead and you say, uh, assign an amount of time to each item, how many minutes. And I do it in minutes if it's a bigger project, like if it's going to take six months or something, then obviously I have a different sheet that it goes on to and I break it down into minutes. But if I have the minutes, what's really cool is that if I'm, for instance, in my office, then I can know, okay, if I have 15 minutes until my next meeting, I finish the thing I was working on, I have 15 minutes, I just look down at my sheet, what can I do in less than 15 minutes? Oh, my goodness, it's just so easy. Instead of going and getting a cookie... <laughs> Well, it's the perfect scenario. So, so much, especially in the business world, you know, there's so many meetings. Okay, we get done with a project, we have a meeting in 10 or 15 minutes. Well, what we wind up doing is wasting that time. Like you said, go get a cookie or, you know, make a, you know, phone call or get the internet where if we looked at that list and we knew how long it was going to take us, then we can get some of those little things done. Make a phone call. Get something, make one project move one step further. And um, the one thing about time that I really try to get people to recognize is that we underestimate the time it's going to take us to do something. So our subconscious mind does not know the difference or does not recognize the length of time. So what we anticipated taking, it's usually one and a half to three times longer to do something than we anticipate. And so to prove that, how many times have you said, I'll be ready in five minutes, you know, <laughs> or I'll be done in five minutes, and it's 15, 20, 30 minutes later. So I really recognize that when people are starting, you know, it sounds like you really already have this great, you know, down with the minutes and knowing that time. You've already been kind of down that road, and I'd love to hear what, you know, when you first started doing that, how it looked. But that's the best thing people could do is when I tell mm -hmm. them to start keeping track, how long is it going to take me, double it, until they really get a good handle on what time really means. Well, and and honestly, when when we bought the retail store, I always I already was very good at this. But no matter what I took on there, because it was a new zone for me, a new life area, it was always three times as long as I anticipated. If I thought it would take six hours to relay the, um, like, I remember specifically the floral department. I thought, okay, six hours, I should be able to do this. Well, 18 hours later, I was done, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it was really frustrating. But after a while, I got a better picture of what was realistic, and then we could right. just ad adjust it out and do it from there. Right, right. And then I, I think exactly true. You know, it's just, you know, being more aware and being able to really recognize, you know, what that is. And, and so, yeah, doubling it or tripling it, especially if you're in an mm -hmm. unknown area, I would definitely recommend because it will make a big difference. And you're, now, how much more stress would you have relieved if you'd had 18 hours? I mean, it might have added more because you might have 18 hours to do that. But thinking you only had six and then it really is taking 18, that adds stress. 
That does. And the other thing is you're not making a decision based on reality. So Correct. you might have to step back and say, now, is that the best use of my 18 hours? If it's going to be 18, maybe it was the best use of six, maybe it wasn't the best use if it was 18, you know? Right, exactly. And that it's actually one of the processes I... I actually ask sometimes my managers to just take time and write down how long they estimate these jobs will take. I had one, it was here, uh, one of our main managers, I had her write down, I think it was six or eight jobs, how long they were going to take. And she handed it to me and I just said, are you kidding me? And she said, she said well, I know they're going to take longer than that, but I didn't think you'd like the answer. <laughs> And I said, well, no, I just need to know the reality of it. Of course, you know, I never like the answer. I mean, how fun is it that things cost money? I, I would prefer everything to be free, and I prefer that time had no boundaries. But the reality is it's going to take you longer than that. Let's get real here and say what kind of help you need to get these jobs done. Exactly, and that's what we do with our to-do list, is we put all these things down thinking we can get all this done, and then we get frustrated because it's not real. Right. Productivity. productivity is such a great thing to bring into our forefront of our consciousness because it affects everything we do. I loved how you said earlier that it actually could increase our enjoyment of life. And I just mm-hmm. believe that that's so true because you have so much better of a reality of what's going to happen, what's, how this is going to look, the investment that you're making, what you're really going to get for that. And just it just does change everything. Right, right. Yeah. Good deal. Well, Kathy, if people visit you over at theproductivityexperts.com, what are they going to find? Well, um, they'll find um, some free articles that I've got out there. Um, Also, they can sign up. I send out a Monday morning uh, tip of the week and a, a little just short, you know, productivity tip that maybe they can implement for the week and a goal, um, uh, quote of the week, so they can sign up for there. I think there's a a free 23 um, tip on time management tip ebook that's available. Um, there's also a link to my membership site where people can. And this, my membership site is not only about productivity; it's just about life itself. So there's a lot of coaching and a lot of articles on life, um, leadership. Um, health and wealth and just everything that we affect in life um, so that that's available and then also if, if people are looking to uh, for training or booking or coaching that's the way the best way to, to find out more about what I do and how I do it awesome well we've so enjoyed having you here today thanks so much for being here you're welcome I've appreciated the invite okay well we'll talk to you again soon Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, and everybody who's listening, you can go learn more about Kathy over at her site, theproductivityexperts.com. And then um, also, if you want to learn more about what I do, it's over at marnie.com. In fact, I have a new new site over there right now, which is very fun, where we can, um, there's a daily uh, daily picture on the front. It's a morning motivation for you. And you can go ahead and share that just using any of the uh, links that are there on the right side. If you want to encourage other people, just go ahead and click that and post it out to your social networks. These are always very beautiful 
and motivational to get your morning going and wanted to make it very shareable. So that's at thenewmarnie.com. And then, of course, if you're looking for all that other great stuff that used to be at marnie.com, it is at womenspeakers.com. So if you go to womenspeakers.com, you'll be able to find the 12 life zones. You'll be able to find all of the trainings and um, theme sets and the women speakers and the Christian women's events and all that has now moved over to womenspeakers.com. Well, it has been a great pleasure to be with you this afternoon. I hope that you have a terrific one rest of your day, and we'll see you next week back here again at Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye.